welcome to episode 91 of The Music Room. This interview is with Jessica Peresta, all about simplifying lesson planning in The Music Room. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jessica before I start the show. Jessica holds a Bachelor's of Music Education degree from Oral Roberts University and a Master's in Educational Technology degree from the University of Arkansas. Jessica is the founder and CEO of the Domestic Musician LLC, Curriculum Design Roadmap, the Harmony Membership Site, and the Elementary Music Teacher Blueprint course. She's also the host of the Elementary Music Teacher podcast, the author of the book, Make a Note, what you really need to know about teaching elementary music. She's on the teacher advisory board at Teacher Vision, and she's the professional development coordinator for F-flat books. She's passionate about curriculum design, mentoring and coaching music educators, and providing ongoing professional development for music teachers around the world. I really enjoyed my interview with Jessica, and I know that you will too. Here's the show. I'm so excited to have Jessica Presta on the show to talk about simplifying lesson planning. Jessica, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for asking. All right. I would love for you to start just by telling us a little bit about yourself and your music educator journey. Yes. So my story starts, I was an elementary music teacher and I worked at a school that I basically restarted the music program. It had been vacant for seven years. And through that process, it really kind of inspired me to meet other teachers who maybe found themselves in similar situations or didn't have resources and didn't have a curriculum kind of like I found myself in um, the situation I found myself in and you feel like you're alone because you go to these workshops where teachers have or you think in your head, you know, the comparisonitis thing, but you think you see these full classrooms of instruments at these workshops you're at and you're like, oh my gosh, their shelves are full of awesome materials and resources and I have nothing. But then I slowly started meeting teachers who were similar to my situation. So lo and behold, I decided to just kind of start blogging about my experience. We moved to a new state and it's blossomed now into a business where I get to help music teachers. And a lot of my passion and most of what I talk about is when it comes to lesson planning and curriculum. And I'm getting into a lot more of that as well, because I know how overwhelming it is in two different camps to either have too much to teach with or not enough. And then it's also like, well, what do I do with all this stuff from workshops, etc. that I've gotten? Yeah. So that's a long story short, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I really think like lesson planning is such a huge part of what we do every day. So I'm excited to dig into this topic with you. Yes. So what to you defines a great lesson plan? So I was thinking about this and there's a lot of things that define a good lesson plan, but I thought of four things that I think are pretty essential, especially for music teachers. So objectives and knowing what you're teaching and when. So of course, every, for me, it was my district even provided standards and that's not everywhere, but I taught for a large district, but, or your state will provide music standards. And a lot of times some, some teachers use the national music standards because that's what they have available. So knowing what standards, but also objectives you're teaching, but not just knowing what, because for example, if you look at the national music standards, it does not specify what to teach when it's just here's the things and so knowing this is where it goes back to curriculum maps and scope and sequences is knowing what you're going to teach but when in the school year are you going to teach that and that takes time to figure out kadai definitely helps with sequencing and things like that so i would say objectives and knowing what you're teaching and when and then the learning activities that will teach towards those concepts 
That is important when you're lesson planning because I will be completely honest, when I did first start start teaching, even though I didn't have any resources, honestly, I had no idea what I was doing when I came to lesson planning, as do a lot of new teachers. But I would sit down and just kind of be like, uh, here's a song, I'll just kind of teach it and I think, I mean, obviously every song teaches a melody, so we'll say it's covering that objective without really knowing what was going on. So focusing on the learning activities and then pacing of those activities is something that, you know, when you talk to a music teacher, either you run out of time or you feel like you don't have enough time to cover everything. So pacing is important and that takes time to figure out as well. And then the last thing I would say about that is assessment, which I know you love to talk about and you're amazing at talking about this topic, but assessment that's embedded both in and after the completion of the lesson. A lot of times, and this is normal for teachers across the board, whether you teach music or not, assessment is sometimes an afterthought of you teach the lesson, then you assess or, you know, but assessment, which you talk about this a lot is it's embedded throughout the lesson. Yes, there's formal assessments that can be done at the end of a lesson, but it should be ongoing and throughout the lesson. So when you're planning out a lesson plan, really thinking of ways to build that in throughout the lesson is super important as well. For sure. I completely agree. And what you said about being a a newer teacher made me think of my first year of teaching when I used to write an entire lesson plan in a tiny little box on a planner because I didn't really know how to (laughs) lesson plan. You know, I've learned so much. All right. So what do we as music teachers do to complicate lesson planning or make the lesson planning process take a lot longer than it needs to? Yeah, I think where the complication happens, and I thought back to my experience, is focusing on short-term instead of long-term planning. And the example I gave earlier is a perfect example of that, of you sit down and you know you need to have something planned. And I did have a principal that made us turn lesson plans, and I hate hate saying it like that, made us, but honestly, that was, she did. Mm -hmm. Where it was, it was like, okay, I know I need to have this done, so I'm just gonna, I gotta get something, I gotta get something typed up. But I never really stopped to think about when I looked at the bigger picture of this is the entire school year, and then I'm gonna break it down by nine weeks, and then by month, then by week, then by grade level, lesson planning becomes so much easier. And when I tell that to teachers, they look at me like a deer in the headlights, like, you want me to what? And I say, it sounds a lot more overwhelming than it is. So I think we overcomplicate it. We make it harder for ourselves by just planning week to week. Yes. You have to plan week to week, but instead of looking backwards and working your way in. And if you're listening to this and you're like, what is she talking about? This is something that it takes, it takes a little bit to figure out, but this goes back to figuring out what curriculum map scope and sequence you're following, whether you bought one on Teachers Pay Teachers, whether you're using one that already came with a online or in-person curriculum or whether you made your own. It's just about having a plan and sticking to it. And then the other thing, which is feeling frazzled when you sit down to plan because you don't have a plan or system in place of where to go and what to do. And what I mean by this is I remember sitting down during my plan time and then being like, what do I do? (laughs) What do I do? Do I go through the books over here? Or how do I know which book to go through? How do I know which objective I'm teaching? Or how do I know which song is going to cover that objective? So when I say have a plan when it comes to lesson planning, just develop a system that works for you where it could be by day of the week. Mondays, I focus on this. Tuesday during my plan time, I focus on this. And I know there's a lot of music teachers that unfortunately don't get a plan time, which don't get me started on that. But whenever you sit down to plan, have a plan for that. So when you do sit down to lesson plan, it goes way smoother for you. And so that is some advice around that. 
Yeah, that's great. I want to share one piece of advice that is right along the lines of what you just shared. I've been doing some similar to what you say with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, except we go on by an ABCDE rotation. So after I teach all of my new lessons on A day, then on B day, I sit down and write my lesson plans. And sometimes that goes into C day, depending on how long it's taking. Something that has helped me is when I write my lesson plans, I'm not worrying about like going to find a material. If that makes sense, I'm simply putting it in there. And then D-Day is when I worry about materials. So if I'm really concerned that I don't know if I have something, I will go ahead and quickly look. But I'm not worried about pulling out all the stuff I need until D-Day. And that really helps me just sit down and That's awesome. So to ask you, even though this is your podcast, (laughs) how long did it take you to, I'm just curious because I know everybody's different, but how long did it take you to come up with that plan? It was somewhat recently that I started doing that. Like I want to say in the last few years, maybe like three, four years ago, I started doing that. I think because of the idea of batching, which I was Mm. hearing about in the business world of like sitting down and doing like things at the same time. So instead of doing like first grade on Monday, second grade lesson on Tuesday, like why don't you just sit down and write as many lesson plans as you can in one sitting and then you're like in lesson plan mode. So when I heard that idea, I thought, okay, well, this can totally apply to teaching. So I do like a day. I do like organizational type stuff Mm -hmm. usually or catch up on other stuff. B day is lesson planning. C day, sometimes I still do lesson planning, but I also will work on grading. D day is materials. E day is sometimes I'm still catching up on materials or I'll do more grading or organization or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it took me a while. It's just in the last few years that I've been doing that. I love that. That's a great plan. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we talked about how we sometimes accidentally make the lesson planning process take longer. So how can we simplify our lesson planning process, but still also write successful, engaging lessons? So I have a lot on this. So stop me if I talk too much, (laughs) but I've already mentioned this, but starting with backwards planning is is huge. And it's basically when you sit down to plan, knowing where you want to go throughout the school year. And this is something really that I want to touch on is knowing your desired results for your students, but also for yourself, where you sit down to plan. And when I say look at the entire year, yes, mapping out the concepts and the objectives and knowing where you're going, but also where do you want your students to be towards the end of the school year overall? as musicians, as students, and where do you want yourself to go to grow as a teacher? And so simplifying lesson planning also includes keeping track of data, which you and I have had a conversation about this, but it is knowing where your students are individually and as a whole class. So you know how far to push ahead or when to pull back a bit and when to keep going or when to stop and focusing on quality over quantity. I remember stressing about fitting in every song in my repertoire and having to get through it all. And like, oh my gosh, I only made it through this many pages. I should have covered it all. And it was stressing me out. And I remember one day just going, I'm the only one putting this pressure on myself to cover all of it. The -hmm. students don't know if if they're getting through every song. But then I remembered, okay, what is my goal here? My goal is to cover the concepts. My goal is to cover the objectives. My goal is to help students love music. And am I doing that by pressuring them to learn a new song every single time they come in here? And so I went from quality, I'm sorry, I went from quantity to quality. And so like, for example, instead of focusing on 100 songs you have on a, a list, maybe you get through 30 of them. But when you get through those 30, you're able to focus more on them and do more activities and go deeper with those songs than you could if you covered more. So simplify, if you're putting too much pressure on yourself to get through everything, just 
don't, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. pull back a little bit. And so I mentioned also the way to keep track of it is I would highly suggest a song list that also has a concept list next to it. So when you are planning for the entire year, when you have outlined your scope and sequence, you have concepts listed and then by those, um, maybe a Google Doc and or Google Sheet, and you have listed some songs and then a hyperlink or page number to a book where you can easily find it throughout the school year and organized by grade level. So that is something to definitely simplify. Yes, it takes work up front, but when it's done, it is great. You sit down to plan, you have that pulled up on your computer and bam, you just get going. Be okay also with doing similar activities or songs with grade levels. It's okay to do a similar song and just change up what concept you're covering based on the ages of the kiddos. And also have a lesson plan template and use it over and over again. Copy paste is your best friend. And also we talked about this earlier, but the last thing I want to mention is plan assessments before mapping out the lessons. And I know you're like, what? <laughs> like, what? What I mean by this is the goal for your students is to retain what they're learning. So you're wanting to plan for higher order thinking skills with your kiddos. An assessment will become less boring and more fun when you're thinking through it more. When it's not just, there's nothing wrong with quizzes. There's nothing wrong with worksheets. Of course, I think all of it matters. But when you're thinking of ways to incorporate assessment in a, in a more fun way, you're not going to be as stressed out of trying to find assessments to do or figure out, oh my gosh, I got assess my students when you're lesson planning assessment think of assessments that just naturally go hand in hand with those concepts you're teaching so when i say plan assessments before mapping out the lessons that's kind of what i'm talking about there those are all awesome suggestions i love the idea i have a lot of my song list in google sheets but i love the idea of having a column that has a like a book and a page number so that way it's not just a title and you're like, wait, where did I learn that? How do I find it? But you could even, you know, like have an image in the Google Sheets or something like that. That's mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing, just real quick, sorry. No, you're fine. I was going to say when you go through a levels course, it is overwhelming when you get that massive binder. Yeah. And and I know for me, uh, when I went through ORF level one, for example, and I remember getting this binder and I was like, this is great, but once again, when in the school year do I incorporate this and what grade levels am I teaching this to? So I remember, maybe it's my, I don't know, my type A personality, but I remember going through the different materials in that binder and getting sticky notes and I color coded them by grade level or by content or concepts, excuse me. And I remember, and then on that song list, I would say page blah, blah, blah in the ORF binder. And then I would look for that color coded sticky note to go with it because that will get overwhelming, especially mm -hmm. when you get one off, you know, uh, songs at a workshop and things like that. So it's developing a system that works for you. That may be too overwhelming for you, what I named, but just finding a way where, yes, I know there's good content in this binder, but how am I going to remember what's where? And so right. And using like either if you're a paper person, putting sticky notes on it, if you're more techy, use Airtable or Trello, just like like you said, exactly finding a system that works for you. All really great suggestions. Which resources would you recommend for those people who want to go further with their journey with simplifying lesson planning? Yeah, so I don't mean to just name my own stuff, but oh, like okay. I said, but recently on my blog, the domesticmusician.com, I have, if you go to the search bar there, you will be able to just, if you type in lesson planning or lesson plan, you'll see some blog posts I've written about lesson planning. And then also on my podcast, the elementary music teacher podcast, there's also a search tab on my website as well, where you can search for different podcasts and just type in lesson planning and you'll be able to see that there as well. I also have another free resource that is called five steps to simplify 
simplifying lesson planning. And then if you just, the easiest way to do this is just, you can send me a direct message on Instagram or just email me and I will send you the link to that or Eileen can include that in the show notes as well. Yeah. For sure. And for those people who are listening, if you go to mrsmiraclesmusicroom.com slash podcast and then find this podcast episode, which is episode 91, then I will definitely include those links. That sounds like a great free download. All right. Anything else about lesson planning? Yeah, I already touched on this, but just staying organized when it comes to lesson planning is huge. We've already touched on finding a system that works for you. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're the only one doing your system. It's your system. So keep up with that. Keeping track of lessons, both online and Google Drive folders, for example, you don't have to use Google Drive, but if that's what you use or any other system like you even named Trello or anything like that, or in binders and labeling everything, Mm -hmm. it really helps simplify your lesson planning in a huge way once you just get these systems in place, which they do take time. So just give yourself time, maybe just focus on one grade level per year or something like that, or one concept. This year, I'm going to really focus on organizing the materials for this concept I'm going to teach. And then each year, you just kind of layer on that until it's done. Yeah, that's great. I am not naturally a super organized person as far as like physical papers and lessons and stuff. So I love that idea of really just like tackling one grade level and kind of figuring out a system that works for you. Yes, absolutely. All right. You want to talk about what we're consuming? So when you asked me this, I was like, oh gosh, I don't know what to name, but uh, this is so random, but there's this new show on Netflix I'm really into, which I don't know why it's the doctor shows that draw me in, Uh Um, but it's called New Amsterdam and it's not new, but it's new to me. And I'm just really into the storyline. Yeah. So that's what I've been watching. (laughs) Is it kind of similar to like Grey's Anatomy or I was into Grey's Anatomy like years ago? Mm -hmm. It is. And so I thought, oh good, another doctor show, but it's a little bit different in the fact, like the relationships they have and the it's mainly focused the storyline is a lot on the medical director but also his relationship with his doctor so it's it's really neat i don't know okay i'll check it out i just got into do you have apple tv i do okay have you seen shrinking no i haven't seen that yet oh my gosh it's with jason siegel and harrison ford and i am love it is so it's mostly just funny like i'm just like laughing hysterically but then there are moments where you're like sobbing and then the next minute you're like I don't know I cry easily when I watch tv but yeah so as a woman you're all like over the gamut of emotions like yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it's so so funny so good it's I mean kind of the basic premise I don't want to give away too much but the basic premise Mm -hmm. is Jason Siegel plays a therapist whose wife has died and his life is kind of falling apart and he just starts kind of like just going rogue as a therapist and just telling people like it is I love it, but that's the therapist you need, honestly. <laughs> that's awesome. And then it's got a bunch of other like actors that I recognize from other things, but oh my wow. gosh, it's it's really, really good. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I good should music check it out. too. Yeah. Good music. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was really helpful. I know that everybody listening will definitely walk away with some great tips about simplifying lesson planning. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a great day. Thank you.